Welcome to the Three Things from Equus podcast. I'm Equus Content Director Lori Prins here to share some of our best horsekeeping tips and information for the month ahead. And I'm Content Manager Christine Barakat. Before we get started this month, I want to insert a shameless plug for Horse Week, the digital film event going on all this week over at the website horseweek.tv. They're fabulous original documentaries on all sorts of equine themed topics, and they are all live streaming for free. I'd encourage everyone to check it out right after they finish listening to us, of course. I certainly will be tuning in. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. October, I think, may be the best month to keep horses, or at least one of the top two months. The weather so far this year, at least around here, has been glorious. These first cool days of fall offer a welcome respite from the summer heat for sure, but they also bring an increased risk of laminitis, which is the first thing we want to talk about. That is true. The cool, crisp, but sunny days, what some people call football weather, changes the chemistry of pasture grasses, increasing the sugars that can trigger laminitis. Compounding the problem is the fact that natural hormone fluctuations this time of year already increase the risk of laminitis in horses with pituitary part intermediate dysfunction, which we commonly know as Cushing's. The way to minimize the risk of laminitis this time of year is to approach fall pastures just as you do spring pastures. That means if your horse has any risk factors for laminitis, such as insulin resistance, consider having him wear a grazing muzzle full-time or moving him to a dry lot until pasture growth has stopped entirely for the year. Keep a close watch on other horses as well and take any signs of foot soreness very seriously. And that's great advice. Watch, learn, be inspired. A horse lover's dream is streaming to a smart device near you. Horse Week, brought to you by Bowringer Ingelheim, is coming October 3rd through the 9th, 2021. Riders and horse lovers of every level and discipline will enjoy profiles of incredible equine athletes, storytelling that celebrates the horse-human bond, heartwarming tales of horse heroics, and advice from world-class trainers. Tune in now from the barn, office, or the comfort of your couch. Equine Network is making it easy to watch the week-long celebration from any smart device. Watch now by visiting horseweek.tv. Okay, I'd like to talk about tack safety next. I recently witnessed a pretty dramatic tack failure that fortunately didn't lead to any injuries, but did serve as a reminder that leather and buckles aren't infallible. A full-scale safety check of your tack before each ride is ideal, and I'm sure at one point we've encouraged that in the pages of Equus, but the reality is that's not always possible. Right. But at a minimum, we want to encourage everyone to take a good look at certain parts of their tack before each ride. Specifically, the areas most likely to develop problems, including the straps and billets that secure cinches and girths and stirrup leathers. In your quick pre-ride inspection, be looking for stretched holes, cracked leather, and anything else that indicates a weakness that could lead to a catastrophic failure during a ride. Also check any location where metal and leather meet. These tend to wear quickly. While you do this, give any hardware like buckles or Chicago screws a solid wiggle to make sure they're still holding up. If you find any trouble spots or even suspect a problem, swap out the gear or postpone your ride until you can address the situation. That inconvenience is minor compared to the accident that could result from faulty tack. Let's finish on one of my favorite autumn subjects, pumpkins. Did you know you can safely feed them to your horses? 
I do. And I think I read that in Equus magazine once. Pumpkins are about 90% water, so they aren't packed with nutrients, but some horses do like the taste and they enjoy them as a seasonal treat. There are a couple of pumpkin feeding guidelines to keep in mind, though. First, only feed orange pumpkins commonly sold for jack-o'-lanterns and pies. The more exotic looking gourds can cause colic or other gastrointestinal upsets. Also, don't feed a pumpkin that was previously carved and sitting on your porch with a candle in it. Start with a whole pumpkin and cut it into small chunks to prevent choke. And don't feed it to horses who have dental problems and might not be able to chew it entirely. Limit your horse to two cups of pumpkin a day. Remember, it's a treat, not a significant part of his diet. Also keep in mind that some horses just won't like it. So try to not be disappointed if they reject it. This happened to me a few years ago with a different sort of treat. I had read in Equus magazine that whole shelled peanuts were a safe treat for horses with metabolic issues. So I excitedly went out and bought a huge bag of shelled peanuts for a very rotund pony I knew. And that pony was so offended when I offered her a peanut. She wouldn't touch it and the look she gave me was absolutely withering. So you were stuck with a whole bag of shelled peanuts? Yes, the peanuts still in the shell and it took me months to eat all of them myself. So that's my cautionary tale. Buy a smallish pumpkin if you're not sure your horse will like it. I think that's great advice to end on. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And remember to go check out horseweek.tv. Bye. Help spread the word about the Equus Three Things podcast. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. The Equus Three Things Podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.